I'm going to build on what's already happened here tonight. The book of Proverbs, chapter 23, and verse 7. So good to see uh, everyone out here tonight. You that uh, were not able to be here this morning, uh, it's good to see you tonight. It's important. Don't miss church if at all possible. Praise God. And again, pray for Elder and Sister Riggin and company that the Lord would give them wisdom. The enemy is actively busy trying to bring discord. But God is in control. He may use this method to weed out the undesirables, but God's in control. Praise God. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, you will recognize it. For as he thinketh, E-T-H, means a continuation thereof, to continue therein. You're not just... You just didn't think about it, but your thinketh is I'm dwelling on it. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Praise God. As he thinketh in his heart. Now I want us to turn that around just a little bit and make it a little bit more personal. And I want you to repeat after me, as I think in my heart, so am I. That's not pie in the sky, and that's not wishful thinking. But that's God's way of trying to tell us what he wants to do in this service. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus. I thank you now for what you've already done. The foundation has been laid. Oh, Lord, you've built on that foundation. I'm asking you now to let your anointing be on my mind, on my lips. Anoint our hearing, Lord, our thinking, God, that something can penetrate. We can get beyond where we're at. God, when that revelation comes, that we'll be willing to respond to it. Praise God. We're going to give you praise. Everybody said we're going to give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about my attitude. My attitude. I'm not talking about uh, people with bad attitudes. We're not going to dwell on that tonight. There's too much good that can be done and will be done without dwelling on the negative. I want to talk to you about my attitude. 
You see, my attitude in any given service determines my altitude. Or just go through the service, and that's because uh, your attitude says, I don't deserve any better. I'd like to dispel that spirit and that thinking from you tonight that you don't deserve any better. The worst individual that ever walked on the face of the earth, the most wicked, the most vile person, the Lord died uh, that their sins might be forgiven. We would not want them as our neighbor. We would not want them as our friend. But all that the Lord is waiting on is somebody to say, I'm sorry, God. Oh, praise God. How many times has somebody walked in the building and, uh, you know, within, as a general rule, within 30 seconds after you either meet someone or see someone, you have formed an opinion of them. If they're not dressed just right, you form an opinion of them. The same individual, say it was a man, come in with a nice haircut, clean-cut dress, polite, we form an opinion. But how many mass murderers and just horrendous slayers when they were caught, they had bodies buried under their house. They had parts of bodies in their freezer, in their kitchen. And the neighbor said, I can't believe it. They were such a nice, polite person. Praise the Lord. But thanks be unto God. When he looks at our heart, he looks right down in the bottom of it. He knows what your motive is right now. He knows exactly why you come to church tonight. He knows exactly what you was expecting when you got here. Oh, but I'm praying that some of you, the expectations you brought when you leave, they've changed. Oh, hallelujah. You see, I want to try to build on some of the subjects that I've already talked about, and I'm sure your pastor, nothing that I've said was new. You've heard it maybe just from a different angle. But I want to build 
somebody's faith tonight. I want to change your thinking just a little bit. I want to help somebody's attitude to start looking at life through a different set of lens. Oh, praise God. I tried to pastor a young lady for 25 years. And I say I tried because when we left, after 25 years, that attitude was still, I don't deserve any better. And I don't even know if I ever got the Holy Ghost or not. Praise God. Your enemy is busy playing with your mind. Now, I, I observed during the worship, there was some that, that worshiped. There were some that worshipped up to a point. Now, God, don't require me to go any further than that. Because if I go any further than that, I'm going to have to really get involved. Hello? Praise the Lord. I saw some take off and run. And I know that that's not everything there is in worship. But I saw others that would have given almost anything if they could have just got out in the aisle and run. And the sad part about it is there was nobody holding you. Oh, praise God. I'm talking about your attitude. And I'm talking about your altitude. Where are you willing to go in this thing to see the lid blown off of it? Oh, hallelujah. Well, I still want to see people jump to their feet in the middle of the service from their pew and start speaking in other tongues. I want to see people that haven't run these aisles in no telling how long just break out and go wild. It's not going to affect my walk with God other than encouragement, but I'm wanting to see you shake some shackles off. Oh, praise God, I don't have to live at this dimension and this level any longer. But it only comes when you change your attitude about what God wants to do. Revival, growth, and miracles. Everybody say revival, growth, and miracles. 
do we want to see them all? Can I tell you all three of them are attitudes? Praise the Lord. All three of them are how we perceive. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I remember as a kid, more so than you don't hear it too much today, but you used to have what they call chronic seekers, whatever that means. I've known people that sought the Holy Ghost 10 years, 15 years, some longer. And they were labeled as chronic seekers. We used to get out of church after midnight more nights than we did before midnight because invariably there's one of those that comes to the altar. They will wear the saints out. They're sincere. They're not playing a game. They'll do anything you tell them to do. If you'll do this, you'll get the Holy Ghost. My, my, my. The confusing signals we send sometimes. One on one shoulder saying, hold on. Another one saying, turn loose. And then after you get baptized with that one standing in front of you, you wonder, that seeker is wrung out, drenched in sweat, and finally just drops her hands and walks off, defeated. Praise God. I think it was Elder Martin when he was evangelizing. What did him that was at our place as a young man? And uh, he was really, he was really one of those that believed in speaking in tongues, talking in tongues, he said. And we had, we had one of those chronic seekers. Brother Carpenter, I don't know how many years he sought the Holy Ghost. As good a man as you could ever want to be around. Brother Martin said, first of the week, he said, I want everybody in this church to repeat after me. Was it Friday night? I don't remember one night. He set for Carp to get the Holy Ghost. I want everybody in this building to say with me something like, Friday night, Carp's going to get the Holy Ghost. We called him Carp for, name was Brother Carpenter. And uh, Tuesday night, come back and same thing. All during the day, I want you to repeat, Carp's going to get the Holy Ghost Friday night. Wednesday night, Thursday night, and just before we left, he said, now what's going to happen tomorrow night? And everybody said, cops going to get the Holy Ghost. 
Now that's hard when you've been around 20-something years, 15 years, and watched him try. But something started changing in Brother Carpenter's attitude. Friday night when he came to church, it was no longer Brother Carpenter's going to get the Holy Ghost. Friday night, he said, I'm getting the Holy Ghost tonight. Can anybody guess what happened Friday night? Oh, it was so simple. How many has ever tried to walk a grease log? It's complicated. It was so simple until he was embarrassed when he realized he was speaking in other tongues. Brother Donnie Davis, uh, one of our young men in Carlsbad, he sought the Holy Ghost. He sought the Holy Ghost. One Sunday night, the men come <coughs> after service started. They come out of the prayer room. They walk down the side aisles, and they was worshiping the Lord. We was already singing. He walked over to that corner, I believe it was, in the building, lifted up his hands and started speaking in tongues. He testified and he said, I feel so dumb that it's taken me this long. Oh, I know where I'm going. You just ride with me. Praise God. This is an attitude. You can't work hard enough to bring revival to this assembly. You can't pray enough, even though all of that's necessary. But somebody, somebody's are going to have to start saying, our church is in revival. I'm going to church tonight before you ever even get within sight of the building. God is going to meet with us tonight. Well, praise the Lord. I appreciate our, our musicians and our, our singers and our worship leaders. All of that's necessary. But when I can find somebody that will change their attitude. You're going to work this young fellow to death. He ain't going to be able to contain himself. Oh, praise the Lord. I feel it building. I see just a gray area out there where the sun's trying to come up in some of your minds. I've got to change my thinking about God. God's not just big enough to do some things. He's big enough to do anything. 
I said he's big enough to do anything. Oh, hallelujah. Cancer is no problem for my God. Oh, hallelujah. Ah, Jesus just said, rise. The man with the withered hand. Jesus, all he said is stretch forth your hand. My Bible said it came, became whole as the other hand. My Bible says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday. And and you say, oh, we got an evangelist coming. That's not where revival comes from. Revival comes when the nursery is sanitized and cleaned. Study your Bible. Every time revival came to Israel in the Old Testament, there was a purging. There was an old prophet that come and said, God is fixing to judge sin, and sin was dealt with. Oh, but we don't want to see anybody leave. I don't either. But if they're blocking revival, they don't need to be in here standing in somebody's way. And your man of God says, hey, this is the way it's going to be around here. If you don't like it, find somewhere else to go. You say, that's cruel. No, no, no. That's protecting the innocent babies. <coughs> well, hallelujah. When the saints rise to their feet and they say, that's it, pastor, that's what we're looking for is a sanitized nursery so that babies won't get infected and babies won't get diseases. But when they come 20 years later, they're still on the pew. Some of them have been called to preach and gone out and built other churches. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm not getting very far. But I'm having fun because I know hell is nervous. Oh, he don't like. Oh, yes, he don't like what's fixing to happen in Olathe, Kansas. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, praise God. That's it. Somebody's believing it. Somebody's believing it. Somebody's changing their attitude. Oh, hallelujah. I said somebody's believing it. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, we got time for the Lord to move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's another one. There's another one. My attitude's changing about what God can do and what he's going to do. I'm never going to come to church again with the old attitude that I have had. It's just Bible study night. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, news travels fast. Your man of God, when this deal in Africa broke, it wasn't very long you could bring up the name Pastor Riggin, Olathe Cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been hearing about. I've been hearing about. Oh, I heard some of those sour grapes. Oh, it's just numbers. They're playing on numbers. I said, tell you what you ought to do. You ought to call Pastor Riggin and get on the next plane with him and go over and see for yourself. That's what's wrong with our churches for the most part. If it's not happening in my church, it's not happening. Why can't I get just as excited of it happening here as I could if it was in my assembly. Oh, hallelujah. You hear what I'm telling you? This is not going to be done in the corner when revival comes here because of you. Ah, all over the world, Olathe, Kansas, oh yeah. Just like it did in Topeka, Kansas, the turn of the sin. Oh, yeah, we got to get to Topeka. Oh, praise God. We've got to go to Olathe and see how it's being done. It's being done just like it was in the book of Acts when my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and get excited and change their attitude about me. I can do anything. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry about the scoffer. They were there 
are those on the day of Pentecost that said these men are drunk. That's the reason they're acting like they're acting. But Peter jumped up and shoved it down their throat and he said, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, praise the Lord. Let me give you some definitions and then we'll see where we go. We're talking about attitudes. The manner of acting, feeling, or thinking. I'm just a young person. I'm not that important. You could be the key to this revival, girls. Let these knot-headed boys stand over here and twiddle their thumbs if they want to. You could be the key. I said you could show them how it's done. Or they may think they're tough, but you could show them how it's done. I'm not going to stand. I'm going to change my attitude. I am somebody. I am important. Because I'm one of God's kids. They said when President Kennedy was president, I think his son was with John John, little John. Just a toddler. But he would be talking to some high, some high potentate. And John would walk in the office, crawl up under the desk, and get up on his daddy's knee. And wasn't challenged or intimidated one bit. Because that's my daddy. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. It don't matter what the circumstances are. I've got a right to come in this house and get up in my daddy's lap and say, Daddy, I got a problem. I got a need. And I know, Daddy, now that you know what my need is, I'm just going to act like it's taken care of. Oh, I'm talking about attitude. Revival. Now, what do you think about when we talk about revival? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Help me out there, bud. Okay, while you're thinking about it, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Are you bashful? Tell those folks back there. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? All right. What's the first thing that comes to your mind, brother? Okay. Let me tell you what Mr. Webster says the definition of it is. Oh, he's so spiritual sometimes. <laughs> he should have been an apostolic preacher. It's the restoration. Listen carefully. It's the restoration 
of vigor or activity. Restoration. It is a stirring up of religious faith among those who have been indifferent. Well, I'm faithful. I've been a member of this church 25 years. I've paid tithes. I'm faithful. I support my man of God. That's good. Revival still hadn't come, has it? Hmm? Oh, we've had a few get the Holy Ghost now and then. I'm talking about 120 at one lick. And they go out and find their neighbors in the next week, 3,000. You say, oh, that just happened on the day of Pentecost. Go to Zimbabwe where Elder Riggins at now and tell those folks you can't get it but just one or two at a time. You see, they never have been prejudiced with the feelings and the attitude that we have. That God, you can only just do so much. But when people get stirred up, ah, through excited preaching, and God can change their attitude, I don't have to sit here and fight that spirit any longer. Mm. Some of you has, have fought things for years. And you just get your head enough above water till you can breathe. And about that time it jerks you back under. And you don't know how to get rid of it because you're too embarrassed to talk about it. Pastor Howard was talking to the church the other night. And he said, some of you need to have enough confidence in your man of God. that you can go to him and talk about the most embarrassing situation that anybody could ever If you're struggling with it and you can't get on top of it by yourself, ding. Hello? That was the operator calling saying you need to go sit down and talk to your man of God and say I'm embarrassed to talk about this but I've struggled with it long enough. Would you lay your hands on my head and pray for me and watch God. I said watch God deliver you and you can walk in a spirit you haven't walked in since you got the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what you're expecting. I'm almost as lost as you are because I don't have a clue what's going to happen. I just know what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost that if I can stir up a little bit of attitude changing. Well, praise the Lord. 
Oh, we want to see miracles? Mr. Webster said miracles is a wonder or a wonderful thing. The beginning about of a, the bringing about of a feat that should never have been. <laughs> it just should never have been. Sister Howard, they told it public, so I, 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 there would be no problem of, of me using this. She had, they thought, uh, congestive heart failure and even worse. She was scheduled to go to the doctor, uh, possibly to the hospital and possibly to surgery. Sunday night, she was prayed for. Now, they've got the x-rays before. And she's going in in the morning. They're going to look at those x-rays, and they're going to decide what we got to do. And when she got in there, they said, we need to take one more set of x-rays. That's where he messed up. <laughs> That's where he lost his Porsche payment. Because he come back out scratching his head. And he said, Mrs. Howard, I don't know what to say, but there ain't nothing wrong with your heart. That's a miracle. It shouldn't have been. Now, I got my stories backwards, but Pastor Howard got to where he couldn't breathe. I don't know how the man survived. I don't know. He says sleeping is a waste of time. If you sleep over three or four hours, you're just wasting life away. I don't understand it. I don't understand the man. But he got to where when he preached, he, he could no longer pray on the altar. That's not Pastor Howard. He went to the doctor, and the doctor gave him that diagnosis. We're going to have to do something major, Reverend. We got x-rays here showing that there's all kind of problems with your heart. Well, you know, he lost a daughter. Nine months later, he lost a son with the same problem. And I'm telling you, it weighed heavy on him. <laughs> but he went back for the final analysis. And 
Let's take one more picture. Reverend, he said, I just, I've been, I've been doing this for years, and I don't know what to say. There ain't nothing there. I said, there ain't nothing there. A miracle is something that should not have been, and it took place. Oh, hallelujah. Of course, they said, God done it. And now when they go in there, he says, you're my God, miracles. Oh, praise the Lord. God's big enough to do anything. But we're going to have to change our attitude. Now, my, my, my. Oh, for as he thinketh. What do you think about most of the time? What does your mind dwell on during the day when you're working? You know what the world is dwelling on. You know what they're talking about. Do you believe that revival is possible in this church? Someday, in the future, when do you want revival? Oh, I know this sounds so crazy. You say you're just hyping people up. No, I'm just trying to change your attitude. We've come and had church too long already. Well, praise the Lord. You ought to be in a constant building program. Oh, hallelujah. I said you need to be in a constant building program. As long as there's one man, one woman, one boy, one girl in this vast region that don't have the Holy Ghost and has not been baptized in Jesus' name and is not on a regular new converts course being established in the truth. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When is the last time, let me just ask this, when is the last time you looked at one of your co-workers and felt like just crying? Let me give you an example. I had a, a good friend of mine, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, Pastor, a fine church. He called me and he said, Elder, would you come and work with my young people on outreach? I said, I would be honored. This is what he said. He said, I can preach to a thousand people and I'm not in the least bit intimidated. 
but sitting down across the table one-on-one, it ain't going to happen. I can't do it. Would you come work with my young people? I said, I'd be honored too, Elder. And I started trying to pump them up, change their attitude. Some of them didn't even know what a Bible study was. You're already ahead of them, okay? I said to them just in passing, when your attitude changes about people, somebody in the next few days on your job is going to come up and say something like, do y'all just let anybody come to your church? And I just went on. The next night, one of the men come running to me. He said, Elder, you ain't going to believe what happened today. I said, no, maybe not, but try to, try to make me believe it. At least try to make me believe it. He said, I was on the job today. And a man come up to me and said, do y'all just let anybody go to your church? He said, after I, I caught my breath, I said, well, 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 yeah, anybody can come. I had already told them when they say that, say, let me pick you up tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and me and you will go get a hamburger on me. Now, you may have to borrow it. We'll get a hamburger. I'll take you to church. Okay? Number one, you take them in your car. They can't get up and leave when they want to. Huh? My Bible says he that wins souls is wise. He said, tell me how to get to your church. Now, this church was way out in the woods. I mean, I mean, it was in the woods. You had to want to go there. You don't go through there. You go to it. So he told him. And church night, he didn't show up. Next day, he went back to work. He said, man, I tried to find that place. I couldn't find it. Tell me again where it's at. This went on for three days. Duh! Why don't you bring him to church instead of telling him how to get? He never did bring him to church. Somebody else got a hold to him and probably won him. Anytime somebody comes to you and starts talking to you about their problems, you have won their confidence, and they're hurting. Oh, let me tell you what happened. 
Let me tell you what the Lord did for me. No, I'm fixing to quit in the next hour. Y'all just hang on. I'll give you a little hope. Let me tell you what the Lord done for me. You look at me and you think that, that I've always, no, 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 no. Some of you can say I was an alcoholic just like you were. And God delivered me. I've seen heroin addicts. We worked in a prison ministry in California. We had one Spanish man, Joe, that uh, was so addicted on heroin till at one point he sold his baby boy for money to get a fix. But he come to an apostolic church and an apostolic preacher preached and the church done their part. And I saw Joe with his hands in the air speaking in other tongues. He didn't go on a 10-step down program. He went cold turkey off of heroin and shouted and ran and danced in the aisle. God delivered him. Oh, I feel like I'm about to explode. Somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm talking about. And between now and Thursday night, pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost and have them ready to be baptized when pastor gets back here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. on so many rabbit trails and there ain't no use trying to go back and find where I left off. I'm telling you, God is looking anxiously with expected eyes on this assembly. You're so unique The church, the next church, good church, solid church, apostolic church, has nothing to reference revival on. How many tours has Elder gone on? Thirteen. Is that including Liberia? You see, Liberia is a special spot. My pastor was a missionary in Liberia in the late 50s. He contacted amoebic dysentery, which is, in essence, your intestines rot away, and everything in the intestines just dumps into your stomach, and gangrene or peritonitis 
kills you. He was a day walking on the motor road from Liberia. And then he was three days on the trail going back to Bama Hills. No telephone. If they were lucky, they had a maybe a CB radio that probably didn't work half the time. But he started coming home. He knew he had to get home. Some preachers got together and raised the money so he could ride a freighter home. Nothing about flying. You ride freighters that goes around the horn before it gets home. On the trail, he was already so weak till he collapsed. He said, I knew I was dying. I knew it was over. Hello. This is reality. Sunday afternoon, California, the late elder Bill Garrett, gone on to be with the Lord now. Him and my pastor were just very close friends. Elder Garrett was sitting in his chair on the platform during service, and all of a sudden, he fell out of his chair. And fell prostrate on the floor. And he started groaning and moaning and travailing about what he didn't know about. He didn't know what he'd be travailing for. After a while, he got up and Folks thought he was having a heart attack. Brother Davis said, strength, come back to his body. And he got up off that trail and finished that three-day journey, got to the motor road, got to Liberia, got on a freighter and made it home. And I'm what I am today because... When he got to the States, God did one of them things that wasn't supposed to happen and healed him, and he became my pastor for the next 30-something years. Somewhere along the way, him and Brother Garrett got to talking, and Brother Garrett began to tell him that experience, and they started exchanging at the exact moment that he fell on the ground in Africa, God sent an angel and tapped a Bill Garrett on the shoulder. He fell in the floor. And as a result of that, as a result of that miracle, when Brother Davis went to meet his reward, he had raised up six men in the ministry that carried that box to his final resting place. You talk about a miracle. Oh, this is not a little nothing in a nobody church. You've got something to reference to. How many thousand has received the Holy Ghost in Africa as a result of the sacrifice you have given? How many nights have you come to church and the devil played with your mind? Pastor's not here, and we just got to go through the motions. 
My, oh yeah. Whether pastor is here or not, his spirit's here, and God's got his anointing here, and it doesn't matter if this young boy right here got up here and started trying to preach a little sermonette. The Holy Ghost can fall, and people can get the Holy Ghost because it's not about man. It's about God, and it's about our attitude toward God. Well, hallelujah. Anybody feel like worshiping? Anybody feel like giving God some praise? Anybody feel like leaping for the joy? Well, I don't have it yet, but I'm fixing to get it. Come on, men. Come on, men. How about it? I'm going to be the one that brings it to this assembly. Well, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see every man in this building that's believed what I've said and wants to see it happen. I want to see you come up here.